You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. If you want to grab your notes that you'll find in your bulletins, I want to encourage you to take those out. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there as well. If you have the Riverside app, I want to encourage you to go there to the live event, and you can always find the notes too. I want to welcome those of you that are listening by podcast. You want to grab your notes or Bibles there that uh, you can get offline there. We encourage you to do that. We're beginning a new message series today. As I mentioned earlier, ponder the path. And as we go through this for the next several weeks, we're going to be looking uh, between now and Father's Day at wisdom for the ages, things that if you get these things right, at the end of life, you'll live without regret and that you'll uh, be able to be glad that you did these things. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about honor specifically. Next week, our student ministries pastor, Donnie Marsh, is going to be speaking specifically to teens and to younger adults. Uh, So if you have a teenager that's not here and you want to get them here next week, this will be a great time to do that. Teenagers, if you want to bring a friend, never a better week than next week. You're going to hear some great content there. Then the next week, on Memorial Day weekend, we're going to be talking to Empty Nesters. Our lead pastor, Bill Ellis, will be coming back for that message. And then the first week in June, we're going to be uh, looking at couples and marriages and all that kind of fun stuff. And then the next week, I'll be bringing a message uh, all to singles. And so each week we'll apply across the board, but we'll be focusing in on some uh, very specific areas and then we'll wrap it up on Father's Day. Pastor Bill will bring a message that weekend. So that's kind of where we're headed over the next several weeks. And we've got one central verse that we're really going to be kind of driving home each week. And as I was thinking about today, Mother's Day, a year ago today, I stood in front of you just uh, three months after my mother had passed, and we talked about um, making your mama proud was the title of the message that day, and I talked about living a life that will make your mother uh, honored and, and privileged to see you grow up. And so as I was thinking about this central text that we're looking at, this is a verse that my mother shared with me as I was growing up. And uh, it's a great verse that we're going to be just kind of ratcheting down on each week and talking about the implications for it. So I'm going to ask you if you would. To stand in honor of God's word, we're just going to read this verse together out loud, and then we're going to unpack what in the world does it mean to honor through the years, specifically the idea of honoring our parents. So Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 26, it's on the screen in your notes there. Read it aloud with me if you would. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. One more time, let's do it together. Ponder the path of your feet then all your ways will be sure. Okay, now before you're seated, I want you to look down at your feet. Just take a moment and look down at your feet. Where are you headed? Is your way sure? As you look at your feet there, where are you headed? At the end of the day, our prayer is that if you get this honoring thing right, you'll be able to say that you've pondered the path well, that you'll be glad that you've chosen the road, the high road of honoring your parents, and that your life will, you'll live a long and blessed life because of it. Now, we're going to be sitting down over these next several weeks, and we're going to be as if we're sitting across from each other having a cup of coffee, a table chat, just a, a simple conversation about these things that help us to ponder not just the past, but mainly the present and going into the future. So I'm going to be sitting here with my cup of coconut coffee, 
But I'd love for you to tell the person next to you before you have a seat, what's in your cup as we sit down? Is it coffee, tea, Mountain Dew, Diet Pepsi, Coke Zero, whatever? Share with the person next to you and then have a seat. All right, so it's no secret whatsoever that families in our world today are fragmenting at, a, uh, at an alarming rate. It happens all the time. We see it. We've all been impacted by it. If we haven't yet, we will be someday. And I believe that one of the core issues in our homes across the country and the world, the reason why we see such a breakup of the family so many times is because of a lack of honor, because of a lack of respect. And I believe that God had it set from the very beginning when he started the nation of Israel, when they, they were coming out of the bondage and slavery of Egypt, they were headed out into this wilderness. They go to the mountain, the Mount, of, uh, Mount Sinai, and Moses has a conversation with God. And they talk face to face as one talks to a friend. God talked to Moses and he gave him these commands. These commands, these 10 commandments, and we're just looking at one of them today. One of them is right there in your notes. You'll see it. And it simply says, God says, because of this matter of the family, he says to honor your father and mother. And then it goes on and it says, so that you may live long in the land. There is a direct benefit to us when we get this right. There's a benefit to honoring our parents that will have a good, long, blessed life when we get this right. Now, notice that there's no age limit on this. We tend, typically tend to think of this in terms of, well, that's for children there to honor their parents. But God doesn't say that there's an age limit or that there's a time limit on this either. No matter how old we are, we are to live in such a way that we show honor and respect to our parents. And when we do that, we may live long in the land. Now, why did God give us this command? And why did Jesus, as we read at the very beginning of our time together this morning, when I told you about Jesus and this conversation that he has, he upheld this command so very clearly. Why did God give us that command? And I want to just give you two or three reasons why I think he did that. The first one in your notes you'll see there is because none of us have perfect parents. There is no such thing as a perfect parent. We all have weaknesses, faults, and inconsistencies, and only God is the perfect parent. Even the best parents make mistakes, and they have sinned. And as a result, we're all warped, right? You're going to look at your neighbor and don't enjoy it too much, but tell them they're warped, okay? We all, there are no perfect parents. We're not going to get it right. And there are many parents, and I recognize this, who are unworthy of honor. They were abusive. They were manipulative. They were neglectful. And so as we walk through this, I know that there's going to be many of us, some of us here in this room that are asking the question, well, what am I supposed to do with this? What is God telling me in this command when my parents brought me more pain than I can hardly even bear to this day? What do I do with that? Do I ignore the pain? Do I put on a happy face and just pretend like everything is okay? No. No, I don't think you do. I don't, think you're not suppo- I don't think you're not supposed to do that. But God is saying that you can honor the position or the office of parent and parenthood. So he gives us this command because none of us are perfect. But he also gives us this command because respect for authority begins at home. 
The, this is a lesson that every child must learn. We've all had to learn it. And it determines how well you're going to go throughout the course of your life, how well you will do at school, how well you do in your career, and in your relationship with others. The child who grows up saying, nobody tells me what to do, is not going to hang on to a job for very long. Right? We all get told something that we don't necessarily want to have to follow through on. We don't want to have to submit to that. But the truth is, authority and respect for authority, God began right at home. When, when, when you go into uh, the courtroom, hopefully you've not had to go to a courtroom recently. But if you find yourself in there, and the person sitting up behind the bench is up there, what do you call that person? Your honor. Now, you don't know about their character, most likely. You have no idea if they're a person of good character or poor character. You have no idea what their life is like ethically and morally and all those kinds of things. But you call them your honor because they hold an office. They hold a position. Same thing with parents. They're not always honorable. We're not always honorable as parents. We don't always get it right because we're not perfect. But God has asked us to honor because he's teaching us from the get-go that respect begins at home. There's a third thing I want you to see as to why God gave us this. And it's this, that how you and I relate to our parents will affect every other relationship in our life. It's the major forming factor for how we will spend our lives in relating to others. It is our relating style is set at home. And even today, as you're a grown-up now and you're reacting and you're, and you're acting in ways that you don't understand and you can't figure out, well, why in the world did I do that? Or why did I say that? Or why didn't I do that? Many times it's because you're still reacting to your parents. Many marriages have been ruined because of the fact that a spouse has never resolved a relationship issue with a parent and they bring that into their marriage and they're taking it out on their husband or they're taking it out on their wife or on their kids and you hear them say things like, you're treating me just like your mother treated you or you're acting just like your dad. You know what I'm talking about. It impacts us all at different times. So I think that God gave us this command because he knew that we wouldn't have perfect parents but we would still need to honor the position of parenthood that there wouldn't be, uh, that we wouldn't always get it right, but we'd have to learn that respect begins at home and authority is something that we need to respect and that it's going to impact every relationship. So he taught us from the get-go as a society to have honor in our homes. How, though? That's the why. How do we actually honor our parents? And the answer to that question actually changes over the course of time. Depending on where you're at in the stage of life that you're in, you apply this command of honoring your parents differently as you grow up. So we're going to look at three major stages of life. The first one is when we become a child, when we're a child, how do we honor our parents? And it's right there in your notes. You honor your parents when you're a child by obeying and respecting them. Paul, the apostle Paul, writing to one of the early sets of believers in the church in Ephesus, he writes this, it's in your notes and we'll put it up on the screen. Children, what's it say? Obey your parents. You might want to circle that word. Obey is an important principle here. This is the right thing to do because God has placed them in authority over you. Obey. You do what they say willingly, pleasantly, and immediately. And immediately, yes, I will say that again. 
Now, what's unfortunate is that there many of them are downstairs right now. So you will have to take this home and have this conversation. Pastor David said, okay. The Bible teaches that as long as you're under the roof of your parents, if they're providing your food, if they're providing clothing, if they're providing shelter, if they're providing insurance, that you honor them by obeying and respecting. They have the right to call the shots in your life. It's easy for me to say that because I'm on the other side now. Okay, but I remember what that was like to be in that situation. Not always easy, but you take the high road and God will show you blessing in your life. As long as they're providing and as long as you're dependent, the Bible says you are to obey and respect and honor. Okay, next, as a young adult, how do we get this as we get a little bit older? I honor my parents. Once I'm out here, I'm honoring my parents by accepting and appreciating them. The older you get, the more you start to see the faults in your folks. The more you start to see their mistakes and it becomes important for you to accept them in spite of their weaknesses. You make an effort the older you get, or at least I want to encourage you to do this. The older that you get, try to see them through adult lenses. Again, it's hard when you're younger, but as you can and as you're able to, try to look at your folks through the lens of they had parents too. They had issues that they had to grow up with too. When they are behaving a certain way, start to try, say, God, help me to see them from your perspective. Help me to see that they, though they're not perfect, they do some of the things they do because it's a reaction to their family, to their environment. They had junk too that they had to work through they're still working through and that they're dealing with. Maybe it's their physical health. Maybe it's some kind of an emotional thing or, 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 you know, the way they communicate or that they don't communicate or how they show affection or what they don't show. All of those kinds of things are impacted because they had parents too. It's so important to understand why they do some of the ways that they do. And some of that just comes with age, comes with maturity and you beginning to realize Oh, they're this way because of that. I see that in them. Now, why should I choose to accept my parents? You know, as as kids, we didn't have a choice, did we? Most of us. But neither did they. (laughs) Most of them. You're kind of stuck with each other. That's why acceptance is vital. And acceptance does not mean that that you pretend that they were perfect you ignored their mistakes or you agree with everything that they asked you to do or that they are asking you to do. Acceptance means that you realize that God used them to bring you into this world and it means listening to what they have to say. And that's not always easy. You can disagree with your parents without being disagreeable. That can actually happen. You courteously listen to them and you don't tune them out. That's part of acceptance. Acceptance also includes forgiveness. We often hurt those that we love the most, don't we? Intentionally and unintentionally. When you're living in close quarters with your family, there's always going to be hurt if you live with anybody for any length of time. That's why the writer of Proverbs passes along this wisdom. If you curse your parents, your life will end up like a lamp that goes out in the dark. Bitterness 
is self-destructive. If you're withholding anger and bitterness, or I mean, if you're holding on to that, you're withholding the affection and the ability to move forward, you're withholding honor, you're not accepting, you're not appreciating your parents, that's going to hurt you more than it is them. And if you're still angry and bitter over things that happened maybe years ago, and your life is being impacted, and your marriage or your family, your relationship with your own children is being impacted by that, your parents are still controlling your life because you won't let go, you won't forgive. You won't let them off the hook, which ultimately lets you off the hook. When you forgive, it's really more about you getting set free from anger and bitterness and holding on to that. And this applies not just to your parents, but to your in-laws too. Now I'm meddling, I know. I have great in-laws, by the way. But if you're still hanging on to something that happened in the past, God can take that and he can begin to bring freedom and he can turn it around and he can bring good if we will begin to choose to react in the right ways. So you honor your parents when you forgive them for what they did wrong and you choose to focus on what they did right. Look at what Deuteronomy chapter 26 says. Be grateful for the good things that the Lord has given you and your family. Now it's easy to take parents for granted. We've all done it some stage along the way. Some of you had super awesome, fantastic parents, and it's very easy for you to honor them. For some of you, it's more difficult. Rick Warren suggests that there are at least a couple of things that you could do to appreciate your parents, regardless of who they were or what they were. Here in your notes, the first one there is that you can appreciate their effort. You can appreciate their effort. Parenting is a difficult, time-consuming, energy-draining job, is it not? So we can all, no matter how old we are, can appreciate the effort of parenting. Have you ever considered how much easier your parents' life would have been if they hadn't have had you? (laughs) I was kind of thinking about that this week. When was the last time you thanked them just for putting up for you, with you. Who else would have, right? Appreciate their effort. You can also appreciate their sacrifice. It's expensive raising children. In fact, I saw a recent statistic that says it'll cost you about a quarter of a million dollars to raise a child. So we should appreciate that. Even if they didn't do a lot of other things for you, at least there's something here. I'm I'm looking for something to appreciate them for their effort, for their sacrifice. What could your parents have afforded? What did they have to go without? But what could they have afforded if they hadn't spent money on you? Your clothes, your food, your car, your insurance, your doctor's appointments, whatever, your schooling. You can appreciate their effort and you can appreciate their sacrifice. The scriptures say in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 22, when your mother is old, show her appreciation. Now, we're going to take out that old part for just a minute. When your mother is here in church on Mother's Day, let's show them appreciation. So if you're a mom or a grandma or a great grandma, you're not old, would you just stand so that we could appreciate you, please?
That's awesome. So as an adult, that's when I'm a young child, when I'm in the home, I'm a young adult, I'm starting to get out, I'm getting on my own. Now my parents are getting older in age, they're getting up there and I'm getting older in age, what do I do? At that stage, you honor your parents by affirming them and not abandoning them. For many parents, the older they get, the less respect they get. And all of their affirming friends begin to pass away. All the people that they've had, their peers that have poured into them, that have cheered them on and encouraged them, they start to pass away. And what's worse, they have spouses that pass away. And they don't have somebody there to affirm them every day, to cheer them on for unloading the dishwasher or mowing the grass or whatever the things are that a couple would affirm each other for. They don't have that anymore. And they need our affirmation as their children. It's so important. They're no longer wanted in the marketplace. They're overlooked. Their grown children are busy. We're all busy. We lead busy lives. We've got children, grandchildren, all the things going on, and we can so easily forget to affirm our parents. And they can find themselves leading a lonely life in the very years when it should be rich, when it should be full, when it should be wonderful. And your parents have a desperate need to be affirmed, to know that they've made some kind of a positive contribution to your life. So God says, I want you to affirm them no matter how old you are. Keep affirming them for the rest of your life. They need it. Now, how do I affirm my parents? How do I get that done? You can come up with your own things, but I want to give you some suggestions. I think the core answer to that question is you affirm your parents by staying in touch with them. You call them, you write them, you text them, you buy them a phone so they can text, so you can text them. You Facebook with them, you Instagram with them, you tweet to them. Thank you. I was trying to figure out how to get that out. Uh, You do whatever you need to do to communicate with them, share with them. You know, again, most parents, they want to know, they want to be involved. They want to hear what's going on. I recognize we have, some of us have parents that that don't want to know, and that's a hard thing. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But for those that do, they genuinely care and they want to be a part of your life. And you can affirm them by being a part and sharing with them the details of, of your life. Affirming them also means that you give them and your in-laws, remember, the courtesy of asking for counsel and then actually listening to what they have to say. I had a chance to practice this this week, actually. Um, Amy's parents, Bill and Connie, live in Missouri. And uh, so Josh was out mowing the backyard and something wasn't working with it. And uh, I wasn't in line the day they passed out what to do with lawnmowers. That, those, those, that information, I wasn't there. And unfortunately, neither was my dad, <laughs> who happens to be sitting here. Here, we, we didn't get the uh, the fixing things, tools things, did we, Dad? No, we neither one of us. We were in the chocolate line together. Okay. <laughs> when the rest of you guys got passed out, how to do with t- deal with tools? So when I'm in trouble, um, I, in those areas, I call my father-in-law, Bill. And so I, I called, and and he's got a phone that he can FaceTime with me. So I'm out in the backyard. And he says, you know, okay, let me see it. Let me hear it. So we're out there and I'm yanking on that thing and he's, I'm, I'm showing it to him. And he says, okay, so pull the spark plug out. What in the world is the spark plug and where in the world is it? Okay. 
So he get okay, he's get down here and pull it. So then he says, okay, now you need this kind of a wrench. The way you even have that. So I go down to the basement with the phone. Okay, which one's that wrench? There it is. Get that one. Bring that one. Take that baby upstairs and go out into the backyard. And I'm unhooking that thing and pull the... Okay, okay. Now blow on it. You know, do the whole thing. Put it all back together. Pray over it. That's where I called my, you know, my dad. He and I are praying over that. Not, not that Bill wouldn't pray over it too, but, you know, he did everything there. And so now, I'm, Jesus, please have this thing. Boom. And off it goes. Like, Yes. I asked for counsel, I got wise counsel, I applied it, and I listened, and I followed through, and I got it right. But how many times do I not get it right? You know what I'm saying? So we ask their counsel, we get that. Even if you don't follow what they say, at least you listen to it, you pay attention. And the Bible says that the way that we treat our parents is the demonstration of our faith. It was interesting at the end of the conversation with Bill, he said, boy, I wish I was there to help you. And I said, so do I. And, and so I just, you know, Bill and Connie, you're listening to the podcast right now. I just want to extend an invitation in front of 200 of my closest friends and family here in Pittsburgh that you would come to Pittsburgh and move here with us. So can we, can we all invite them together? They're invited. Yes. So the Bible, again, look at uh, what uh, Paul says to his protege, Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 5. He says, anyone who won't care for his own relatives when they need help, especially his own family, has no right to say he is a Christian. Such a person is worse than the heathen. Paul's up in our faces there. He's getting after us. Jesus modeled this for us. When he was hanging on the cross for you and for me, dying in our place for your mess and my mess, he said, as the oldest son in the house, he said, my friend John, the beloved disciple, the one that I'm closest to, I want you to take care of mama for me. And mama, he's now going to take care of you. And Jesus got this right. He honored Mary all the way to the end in provision for her. Even though he wasn't going to get to be there, he got this right. He honored his parents all the way to the end. Now, wouldn't it be fair if we didn't say just a few words to parents, right? It's all been all about us as kids, whether we're teenagers or young adults or older adults. What about us as parents? Paul definitely says some very clear things to parents, and it's in your notes in Ephesians chapter 6. And now a word to you parents. Don't keep on scolding and nagging your children. Stop it. Don't do that, Paul says. Making them angry and resentful. Rather, bring them up with loving discipline. Paul gives us the key to parenting right here. It's loving discipline. Paul is saying, in essence, don't drive your kids nuts by being unpleasable. Some of us as parents, our kids can never hit the mark because our bar is so high, they feel like they can never please us. They can never reach the level of perfection that we're aiming for them to obtain. And I think Paul would say to us, don't try to make your kid you. We got enough of one of you in the world. We don't need more of you. 
Let them be an individual. Let them be themselves. Give them space. But the key to all of parenting comes down to that phrase, what he says right there, loving discipline. We need love and we need discipline. And our kids need to get it from a very beginning. We need to get it so that we can pass it on to the next generations. The love and the discipline in our homes. Love with no discipline, that's an ugly entitled mess. That's a no consequences, get to do whatever I want. The discipline, on the other hand, feels like a legalistic environment that's no fun to live in either. So we need both and, not either or. We need loving discipline. The key to good parenting is that every child gets, when they're in the home, this idea that disobedience brings pain. That's what loving discipline teaches our kids, that disobedience brings pain. And that will follow them throughout the course of life. The earlier we learn it, the better off we are. And it'll also teach them that obedience brings freedom when we get it right. When we follow, when we do what we're, say, we're supposed to do, there'll be blessing in that. There'll be freedom in that. So I'm going to land the plane here in just a few minutes. But those of you who are hearing this, and this is hard for you, I want to acknowledge that. This is painful for some of us because of our parents, because of the relationship that we have or don't have. For those of you that have good parents, this is, this is not a hard message. This is, an, this is an easy message for you to be able to honor them when they're good, godly people. And I'd just like to take a minute and just say thanks to Dad and honor him. I'm glad you're here today. I respect you and honor you. You did it right. Some of us had parents that didn't get it right. And it's hurtful and it's harm. This, the harm that we experienced in the home. We carry that today. We wrestle through that. Your life's been devastated by the hurt that your parents caused. I want you to know um, that the Bible says some very clear things. In fact, it says that there is severe judgment for child abuse. There is severe judgment for mistreatment of children, for neglect, for molestation, and all of those kinds of things. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18. He's standing in this crowd, and the children are around him. And it's as he looks into the very face of evil, and he says this, Anybody that offends one of these little ones, it's better for him to have a millstone tied around his neck and thrown into the bottom of the ocean. It's serious business. Jesus calls us out on it. So what does God expect you to do with all this? How do I honor a parent that was dishonorable to me? How do you do that? I wish I had a one-size-fits-all answer. It's a complicated, messy process of trying to figure out how to apply these verses. Some of us, for us, it looks like we need to set some boundaries. For some of us, we read to honor your father and mother. And for us, the, the, the louder voice is almost from what Jesus said of love your enemies because our parents feel more like our enemies than they do our parents. And so then we have to sort out maybe loving my enemies is, is the bigger command here and trying to set the boundary that's a healthy one. And your situations, many of you defy my ability to speak to them. 
That's what you need a Christian counselor for. That's what you need a Stephen minister for. That's what you need somebody to come alongside the Holy Spirit to help you to sort this stuff out. God is not asking you to gloss over it or deny the pain. He's not asking you to repress it or to make excuses for your parents. God does not want you to fake it. He doesn't want you to sweep it under the rug. He wants you to face it head on. And that is incredibly scary for some of us. But it's the only way that I know of to get through the pain, to get past the pain, to move forward and live a healthy life. Some of us are carrying unfinished business with our parents. And just the thought of all this brings tears to your eyes and pain in your heart. And you're wondering, how could I ever do this? How could I ever work through this? What can I do to deal with this? I think you start by admitting it. You don't hide it. Eventually, it needs to be discussed. And so it's a courageous thing to stop hiding it and to start being honest and expose the light to the hurt that's inside. Some of us need to have a very prayerful conversation. Not today, it's Mother's Day. I might add. Some of us need to go and we need to have a conversation that sounds something like this. Mom? Dad? Maybe it's both? I want to be free to honor the good that was in your life. But I can't until we talk about the pain that I felt and still feel and we come to some kind of a resolution on it. I want, it to, get, I want to get it behind us and I want on, to get on with life and I want to forge a new relationship with you. That's how you begin to face the issue. Prayerfully have that kind of a conversation, but you can't get on with life until you start to get over some of this stuff. And if there are wrongs that need to be righted, I beg you to do it while there's still time for reconciliation. Maybe as a parent, you need to go and you need to confess some things. You need to get some things right that you've blown with your kids. The greatest gift my mother gave me when she went to Jesus was that we had no words unspoken. We had no accounts that weren't kept. All of our accounts were kept short. There was nothing left to be said or done. There was no hurt or anger or bitterness or any of the stuff I certainly wasn't a perfect son. She wasn't always perfect mom. But we always dealt with it. We got it out there. And the greatest gift as I watched her go be with Jesus was to know that we didn't have anything left to be dealt with. That's so freeing and I want that so bad for you. And if you can't talk to your parents, if they've already gone on, or if they just are so distant from you that they would never even listen to you or they're mentally incapacitated or they're not able to be able to talk to you because they're chemically dependent. I don't know what it might be, but whatever reason you're not you're not able to talk with them. I want to encourage you to go and talk with a Christian counselor or talk to a Christian friend where you can begin to get some of this out. You can begin to unload some of this hurt and some of this pain and begin to find freedom He's making all things new and you can begin to get partial relief from that stuff. It's time to get it done for your sake. It's time to get it done for the sake of your spouse. It's time to get it done for the good of your children and your grandchildren. I beg you to start to try to figure out how to get this done. 
Only God knows your pain, but he does know it. He does care, and he wants to help you through it. He wants to help you and even bring good out of it. There's another group of you my heart hurts for today. For those of you that feel like you've been abandoned by your parents, maybe one or both of them abandoned you for whatever reason, maybe for a reason you don't even know, you weren't even there to help in that, you, weren't, you were too young, you were abandoned by whatever circumstances, maybe it was a divorce, maybe it was something else. The Bible says to honor the position, not the personality, not the it's so hard. And there are those of you that you need to hear this today, that God, when you're an abandoned person, like that, God says, you're a special person. That he's got your back in a unique way. That he cares about you deeply. God says himself, he'll assume the responsibility for those that are abandoned. I want you to see it in Psalm chapter 27. My father and my mother may abandon me. But the Lord, he's going to take care of me. The Lord will take care of me. If that's you today, you desperately need to hear that. Regardless of your circumstance, you have a heavenly father who loves you, who cares about you. He's perfect. He loves you unconditionally. And he wants you to be a part of this family here at Riverside. It may be a better family than the one that you were born into. That you could have a brother in Christ. You could have a sister in Christ. You could have moms and dads in a spiritual sense because the blood of Jesus is thicker than any blood that runs through our veins. The unity that we share, the bond that we share in Christ will outlive this life and it will go into all eternity. You need an uncle. You need an aunt. You need a brother. You need a sister. You need a mom. You need a dad. They're here. And Jesus because of what he did at the cross when he was stretching out his arms for every single one of us, paved the way, made the way available so that each one of us could be adopted into God's family, that we could call him Father. And I want that for you. And I hope you'll open up your heart to him today. And you'll say to him, I want to be your adopted son. I want to be your adopted daughter. I want to be in the family of God. And we're not going to get it perfect and we get it messy around here too. So welcome to the family. We're all in it together. Would you bow your hearts with me and I want to pray for us. Jesus is making all things new today. We began with that verse, ponder the path of your feet then all your ways will be sure. Here's what I can guarantee you. At the end of your life, if you will figure out how to apply what we've talked about today to bring honor to your family, to honor your father and your mother, you won't regret it. At the end of the day, you'll be glad you did, that you chose to take the high road. Though they may not be worthy of honor, you honor the person of, you you honor the the position of, of parenthood. Lord, as each one of us have heard what you had to say to us today, 
we've got some things to sort through. For some of us, this is really easy. For others of us, this is really hard. And you're a heavenly father who handles each situation personally and with tenderness and care. So Lord, as I pray for each one of these folks along the journey, would you give them the wisdom to know what to do with what they've heard today and how to apply this? And Lord, would you give them the courage to follow through on it? Lord, I pray for teenagers that are in this room. I pray for children that are downstairs, that they would begin to honor and continue to honor their parents by showing them respect and obeying them that they would begin to understand that how they treat their parents will begin to impact the rest of their life. It will have implications for their careers, in their school, in their marriages. When they have kids, they're going to reap what they sow. So Lord, would you help them to sow seeds now at a young age of obedience and respect. Lord, give them help. Give them wisdom. When their parents don't follow you, Maybe their parents aren't here today. Maybe their parents are putting on a good front by coming to church, but at home, they're not living for you and it's hard. Maybe there's some teenagers here and you're saying, I want to follow Jesus, but I live in an environment where that's extremely difficult. Lord, would you help them to figure out how to honor their parents and follow you in the process? Give them the courage to stand up for what's right and say no to the wrong things and say yes And even do, even when they're saying no, to do it in a way that can still show honor and respect. That it might show their parents that they belong to you, that they might help their family find you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for the young adults here with those that are out on their own and they're trying to figure out now, how do I appreciate the sacrifice? How can I appreciate the investment that my parents made? Help me, Lord, to stay in touch with them. Lord, I'm praying for those folks, God, that they would be intentional about staying connected to their parents and sharing their lives and expressing gratitude for the contributions that were made by their parents, even if they weren't perfect, even if they didn't get it right all the time. Forgive us, Lord, for getting too busy as adults, that we miss honoring our parents, that we miss keeping them in the loop, that we miss affirming them. I pray for parents that are here, the parents that aren't here, God, today that need to hear an affirming word from their children, that they would speak it, that they would show affirmation, that they would not abandon their parents, but that they would intentionally pursue on their end peace and relationship and invite their parents in. Forgive us, Lord, for where we've gotten so busy. We don't share, we don't open up, we don't include them, we don't affirm them. Lord, I pray for the parents here that they've lost their friends, they've lost their spouses, Lord, that they need to hear an affirming word from their kids, from other people that you would bring into their lives to affirm their worth, to affirm what they do in big and little ways every single day. Help us, Lord, to not abandon and leave alone our aging parents. Thank you, Jesus, that you came and died so that we could have an ultimate heavenly father who would be the perfect parent, who would never, ever leave us or forsake us, who would lovingly discipline us and show us the way to life eternal. Heavenly Father, 
I pray for those that are needing to call out to you for the first time or maybe make some kind of a recommitment to you today, Lord, that they would begin to say with all that's within them, yes to you. They want to be a part of your family. They want to be included in eternity with you, that you would help them to trust you, to put their faith in you, to call out to you, that you would say to to your heavenly father today, Lord, would you make me new? Would you come inside and clean up the mess and change me from the inside out? I'm a wreck and I need you. I've been trying it in my own strength and my own abilities. I've been trying to be a good person, but that is falling short and I am miserable. I need a heavenly father. I need to have all things made new within me. You can talk to God like that today. And the word says that to all those who who would call out to him, he gave the right to become the children of God. You can become his adopted son, his adopted daughter today, right there where you're sitting. Jesus, you've heard our prayers. You know where each person's at. Now, as we sing this song, God, as we confess our sin, as we seek for your help and your blessing, we ask you to hear us as we speak and we sing and we pray that these would not be empty prayers. They would not be empty words that we sing in this song, but they would be heartfelt, full of devotion in honor to you, the one who gave his life for us. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.